guys, it's Tim, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Friday, and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up, a handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Today, it's a stacked episode of the Wrestling Wrap-Up, as we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 11 stories. Two are breaking right now as we're going live, hence why we're going live a little later than I wanted to. I wanted to go live at 1 p.m. Pacific time, top of the hour. I'm already late today because I had to go to my daughter's school. She got some awards. She was, you know, presented with some awards at the award assembly. So I was like, well, I can't miss that. So we're here. We're live. We're talking about a number of different things. Huge breaking news coming out of WWE right now as far as Fightful's reporting. We've got some other breaking news from Mike Johnson pertaining to tonight's SmackDown in the Jey Uso trade, and just so much more. Tony Khan is sliding into fans' DMs because he doesn't like their criticism and whatnot, so it's like, what the hell's going on in the world of professional wrestling right now? But we got so much to talk about, and I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Remember, you can also subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe like Esports Gaming Rules just did. With a tier one subscription, I will read your comment in a little bit. Esports uh, e gaming rules pertains to a story we're talking about later in the show, so I'll get to that at least the first half of that when when we get to that. But I do thank you for the subscription. Also, remember you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff of four games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here for Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, it doesn't just have to be your Amazon Prime account. It can be anybody's Amazon Prime account, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your, gra your auntie, your uncle, the guy that you went and bought your Mountain Dew from at the dollar store today. Be like, hey, you got Amazon Prime? You got a link to a Twitch account? Oh, you don't do you well. Can I link it to mine and then I can help support cool creators online? Why, thank you. Also remember, head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Lords of the Fallen that's getting great reviews right now, Alan Wake 2's coming out soon, or even Sonic Superstars that drops on Monday, use this code right here. PW Unlimited at checkout, and you'll be supporting us at no extra cost. Heck, you claiming the free games for this week that just went free today? Blazing Sales and Cube, the ultimate bundle? Use this code at checkout. P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D. And you'll be supporting us at no extra cost. Heck, next week, you're getting the Evil Within for free on the Epic Game Store. Great game. Great game. Also, remember, if you're playing Fortnite... You're getting into all that Fortnightmare, Fortmare stuff, Fortnightmare, however you want to say it, Fortnightmare. You're looking for, for Jack Skellington. You're trying to get Michael Myers in Fortnite. Again, put in this code, PWUnlimited, on your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Nintendo Switch, and so much more. But with that, we're doing something a little different. Usually, I break things up. I go, 
WWE, AEW, other news, or AEW, WWE, other news. I never lump things together, but I wanted to start the show off talking about Tony Khan and all of his Twitter mess. But right as we went live, Fightful had a big, huge update, which is literally just a sentence. But to me, it's huge pertaining to a big return. So we're going to actually kick the show off with this news. Then we'll go into our AEW block, back to some WWE news, and go from there. According to a new report from Fightful, which is literally like two sentences, they write, quote, on the possible potential return of the Viper, Randy Orton. Fightful again writes, quote, regarding Randy Orton, Fightful reported that he was at the WWE Performance Center recently, which you didn't have to report that. We saw the video. We saw the video. They report. They, they continue by stating, you see, I'm excited. He and WWE are targeting by Survivor Series for a return. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. WWE and Randy Orton want the Viper, the Legend Killer, whatever name you want to use for him. One of the best ever in WWE, at least in this era, this millennium, Survivor Series, which is, excuse me, about a month and a half away. Survivor Series is, I want to say the 25th of November. Yep, November 25th. And according to this report from Fightful, they state, quote, he and WWE are targeting by Survivor Series for a return. For a return. Oh, buddy. And who knows what the hell he's going to do. Because the obvious storyline is gone. The obvious what do you do with Randy Orton upon his return isn't there anymore. It was something with Matt Riddle. Whether that was him teaming back up with Matt Riddle. Whether that was him coming back and attacking Matt Riddle. Kibosh, that storyline with Matt Riddle getting fired, getting released, getting let go by the company. But you still have the bloodline. You still have him wanting to seek revenge on the bloodline because the bloodline put him out of action. So we could go that route and him want to go straight after maybe, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't think of it for some reason. Roman Reigns. Been so long since we've seen the chief, the tribal chief. I forgot his name. Maybe he wants to go after Solo. Jimmy, Jay, who's trying to put over a new leaf? Who knows? But it is being reported by Fightful. No other real details are being given, but it's being reported by Fightful that WWE and Orton want his return to be by Survivor Series, which means like between now and Survivor Series. Could that be the big Triple H announcement tonight? We're going to talk about what I think or what's being reported as such later could that be one thing? Maybe Triple H has multiple announcements tonight on SmackDown. Could that be one? Maybe. Two days ago, would I think that was possible? No. Today? Yes. I'm changing my tune. Somebody asked me on Twitch the other day, hey, you think Triple H's big announcement is the return of Randy Orton? I said, no chance. No chance. Well, take that back. I think there could be a slight chance. That the Randy Orton announcement gets announced, a return gets announced tonight. Now, if it's Survivor Series and he's doing something at Survivor Series, I'm not sure. I think maybe, and I could be wrong on this, they wait till after the Saudi show. Maybe like that next Monday or that next Friday, they announce Randy Orton's return or Randy just returns. So 
We'll follow this story very, 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 very closely. And if we do hear anything further on the what? 14 time, I think he is, world champion returning to WWE after being gone for well over a year with a back issue that led to, uh, well, a back surgery. We'll have it for you right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. I'm going to check real fast. How many times world champions Randy Orton? I think it's 14. Maybe it's 13. Hold on. We're going to count some counts. He is a world wrestling entertainment. 14-time world's champion. 10-time WWE champion. 4-time world heavyweight champion. So there we go. Moving forward, let's talk AEW. Let's talk about Tony Khan. Tony Khan on Twitter. As far as the quarters angle does go. Because we've got, and I'm going to pull a couple of different things here up on the screen. Because we've got some tweets we got to go through. Oh boy, do we. Oh boy, do we ever. So. This past week, actually, I'm going to start this off by reading the TMZ report first, and then we'll go from there, just to give context over everything. So this past week on AEW Dynamite, they did an angle with Juice Robinson and, and MJF that led to a lot of fans being upset, that led to a lot of fans being hurt, and they called it anti-Semitic. It was over the quarters stuff with Juice and MJF. Basically, the TMZ article reads as followed. AEW is catching some serious flack from fans online after it had some of its wrestlers participate in an anti-Semitic storyline on Tuesday night, just days after the heinous attacks in Israel. The confrontational segment aired towards the end of this week's AEW Dynamite episode when world champion Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who's Jewish, began a promo exchanging with Juice Robinson. During the bit, Robinson and his Bullet Club Gold teammates were taunting Friedman and attempting to bait him into a future match when suddenly Robinson pulled out a roll of quarters. Written on the $10 pack of coins was the name Friedman. As a Robin and as Robinson showed it to the camera and then to MJF, he screamed into the microphone, you know what I do with these, Sonny Jack? I break idiots' jaws. The scene was widely panned on uh, social media as anti-Jewish, as Friedman has said repeatedly in the past that when he was a teenager, bullies would pelt him with quarters and tell him, pick it up, Jew boy, pick it up. Fans were irate with the wrestling organization's decision to turn it all into storyline this week, considering all of the terrors that's currently happening in Israel. For Friedman's part, he actually snapped out of the quarters as he actually snapped over the quarters as part of the promo on Tuesday's show, yelling back at Robinson, quote, You come near me with those quarters, I'll end your life, you piece of shit. He later took to Twitter X to address the matter as well, basically saying that he's going to speak at the Stand Up for Jewish Hate thing this Thursday, which actually was yesterday, at Gillette Stadium with Robert Kraft and so forth. So that's where all this stems from. Then, as we pull up these tweets on Twitter, let's pull these up on the screen. This comes from a AW fan from Jacksonville. That is a big thing. From Jacksonville, Travis Akers, who tweets, 
We were watching AEW when this happened live last night. It was tasteless and horrible a horrible decision by Tony Khan to pursue an angle woven with anti-Semitism. We changed the channel. AEW lost me as a fan with this one, which sucks because I really enjoyed their product. Then, Akers would tweet this. This is how Tony Khan responds to my critique of using an anti-Semitic storyline instead of addressing a legit concern. He says, it's not doing much good. Thousands of fans have expressed disappointment about the poorly timed angle. This is not how you respond to them. So Tony Khan hits up this fan, as you see here in the image, and it says, I got the point. You didn't like the angle on the second tweet, Travis. Messages? Message was received hours ago. I don't think, or I don't think quote tweeting TMZ is doing much good. Then the second one, Akers responds by saying, how often do you slide into fans' DMs to mock a legitimate critique? I love AEW. In my opinion, you have the greatest roster in the entire industry. I've been to over a dozen AEW shows, have a couple friends in the company, and have promoted your brand exclusively or extensively. If I can recommend anything, it would be to not just acknowledge our legitimate concern, but address it head on. Non-kayfabe on next week's Dynamite. Akers then sent out this response from Khan that stated, I know who you are, or I know exactly who you are in Jacksonville. That's why I reached out. So what is Tony doing here? Why is he reaching out to fans, telling fans, I get it, or this one fan at least. This is the one we only one we know of. But this one fan stating, or him stating back to the fan, I don't think quote tweeting the TMZ article is doing much good. I get it. You didn't like it. Like this man needs his cell phone taken away between this and all the tweets we're going to talk about here in a minute. Boy, this man is just spiraling out of control right now mentally. And someone needs to help him because it's like, boy, boy, howdy to Go as far as to not address this publicly yourself online or in a video on something else. I don't know. But to DM a fan, to go and slide into their DMs and be like, I get it. You didn't like it. Basically saying you don't have to keep tweeting about it. To tell the fan what to do, kind of. Like, again, I'm going to read Tony's message to him. I got the point that you didn't like the angle on the second tweet, Travis. First off, you're going naming him. Not just saying, I get you didn't like the, the, the angle. But to say, Travis, like, talking down. Message was received hours ago. Like, stop tweeting about this. I don't think quote tweeting TMZ is doing much good. Like, stop pushing the TMZ article out there in the ether. We don't need more people tweeting it out. Like, come on, Tony Khan. What are you doing? What are you thinking? This is ridiculous. And it it was, this is just one piece of the crazy Tony Khan crap from the weekend. Or from the week that we've had so far. As far as all of his tweets and whatnot. And I'm going to pull them up on the screen. We're going to talk about them. So, as we pull these up here. Um, bum, 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 bum. 
because there's some criticism now that Tony Khan needs to get off his phone. So throughout this week, with AEW and NXT going head-to-head, -head, basically Tony Khan kept throwing jabs, taking shots at WWE. Tony Khan would first send out this tweet in a response. I got this right here. Responded to a fan that said that, I'm not watching your show, I'm going to watch NXT. He says, okay, we won't see you tomorrow night for title Tuesday then. And then it's a Roderick Strong gift that says, who gives a fuck? Like, I don't care if you watch or not. Then someone responded, oh, Vince McMahon responding to tweets like this, he would never do that. And he goes, if Sir Vince McMahon said this, it would be the least of his alleged misdeeds. Like, come on, guy. He would then respond to this one um, with, basically, there was a report, I forget from who originally, that said that WWE is looking to send a message with the NXT broadcast. He responds with this. I have a message for them. See you tonight at a special Tuesday night Dynamite title fight Tuesday, blah, 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 blah. At least the first 30 minutes are commercial free. A big overrun tonight. Bald assholes. Shot at Triple H, Shawn Michaels, or both. Then someone says, oh, man, Shawn Michaels Booker of the Year. And Tony responds with, actually, I'm pretty sure the last night blew whatever chance he had winning that award. Then probably the worst one of all. Well, actually, no, there's one more here. First off, they lose by 312,000 viewers, and Tony tweets this, because AEW or NXT did nine over 900,000. Tony tweets, This week, two active decade-long rating streaks from two great legends are ended. With all due respect, this week's, week's head-to-head -head AEW on TBS versus WWE on USA, neither John Cena nor Undertaker have been on a WWE show under 1 million total viewers plus under 400K in the demo. Really? What does that have to do with anything? Okay, they were on a show that didn't do a million. Whoop-a-dee-doo. Then he tweets out this this morning. There's two parts to this. This weekend marks one year since Mayo Clinic saved my mom's life. During her ordeal, many AEW talent came to me alleging WWE tampering inducing them to break their contracts. I'll never forget those phone calls at her side in the hospital. When it's, it's when business became personal to me. He then tweeted on this one as a response. This is nothing new. I mentioned it last year after she came home. It's relevant today because she checked in for surgery one year ago today. As I've mentioned several times since, Mayo Clinic are heroes and thanks to them, her recovery for, from a grim, very grim outlook has been a miracle. How are you going to be thanking people for saving your mom's life while at the same time saying, my, my mom was almost die, dying. WWE is trying to steal my talent. I just, I have no words other than take this man's phone away. And Dave Meltzer has an update on all this and what people in the company are thinking about this and what people in WWE are thinking about this. Well, first off, Brian Alvarez stated on yesterday's Wrestling Observer Radio that people in AEW, no, Wrestling Observer Live, 
that people in AEW think that Tony Khan needs to have his phone taken away or whatever, that Tony Khan doesn't have to get tweets approved by anybody like PR or whatnot. He just tweets whatever the heck he wants. And maybe that's not a good thing. But regarding all this, basically, according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, he's stating that WWE are taking these tweets by Khan as a, quote, declaration of war, as Dave Meltzer wrote the following. Khan, the day before, did a tweet with a photo with the wording, bald assholes, which was taken to mean either Paul Levesque or Shawn Michaels or both who were putting together the opposition show. Afterwards, he wrote, quote, This week, two active decade-long rating streaks from two great legends were ended, with all due respect, until this week's head-to-head AEW on TBS and WWE on USA. Neither John Cena nor The Undertaker had ever been on a WWE show with under 1 million total viewers and under 400,000 in the demo. Tweets we just looked at. Meltzer continues by stating, That's likely accurate, given I can't come up with examples that contradicts it, but... I don't know what him pointing this out this week accomplishes. There was also a post where in response to someone saying to him that Vince McMahon has earned the right to give cheap shots, but he hasn't. He wrote, yes, Vince McMahon has allegedly used his power and influence to shoot a lot of shots, which can be taken a number of different ways. I wouldn't recommend any of these things, but they are very mild compared to the things McMahon Dusty Rhodes, Bill Watts, Eric Bischoff, Dana White, and virtually every one in a promotional war since the beginning of time is done. Khan noted that the, quote, no million tweet was a response to the endless people who tweeted him every Thursday after the show does usually the top one or two number of the previous night, but that's considered bad because it never hit one million viewers. That was also a strategic message in posting this since the one million post came at the same time he released the Jay White vs. Penta match for next week news, which, with the idea that posting this would lead to more engagement on the announcement of the match. So, give context to what that means. Basically, Tony Khan's thinking from what Dave is saying is, oh, well, if I post something crazy and outrageous that are going to bring a bunch of people to my Twitter account and then quickly promote some upcoming matches and shows, more people are going to see the tweets about the shows. Meltzer continues and closes this out by stating, those in WWE didn't con- did contact us very quickly after the post with the idea that it was like they saw it as a declaration of war by still discussing the subject. Of course, the declaration really dates back to January 2019. So yeah, 2019 when AEW was first announced, but holy crap. Like Tony's out here giving... No flying Fs, just saying whatever he wants, good or bad, I think mostly bad, and making his company look bad in the, in the, in the interim as well. And if he's going to piss off WWE, they're going to take shots back, maybe on television, I don't know exactly how. Possibly not. I mean, AEW's never going anywhere. They're not going to kill the product or anything, but they're going to show who the real number one is and why Tony and AEW are number two. Moving forward with some more AEW news. We talk about FTR and them dropping the tag titles last week. Um, this does come from the F4W online as they write, quote, 
New details have emerged regarding FTR dropping the AEW Tag Team Championships to Ricky Starks and Big Bill. FTR lost the titles on the October 7th episode of Collision in a match that went under five minutes. Cash Wheeler was chokeslammed through an announce table by Bill in the early going and did not return to the match after. It was originally thought this was done to cover for Wheeler being injured as people in the company were told he was dealing with broken ribs. In an update to this story from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer writes that while Wheeler is banged up, that was not the reason for FTR dropping the titles or the quick match on Collision. Meltzer wrote the following. This was an angle pitched by Dax Harwood, where there were those in the company told Cash Wheeler was told Cash Wheeler was injured with broken ribs, and that was the reason for it. So they're playing everybody in the back. We're told he is banged up, even to where he was x-rayed, but we're told the x-rays showed no broken ribs and he doesn't need time off and could have done a full match. The idea of the pitch is to do a match where Wheeler was injured and Harwood had to face both men and get blown out without getting much offense. The idea of dropping the titles and doing it in such a one-sided way was to put over Bill and Stark strong and to do something significant to try and help the Collision show. So I get that. Most people don't watch Collision anymore. They watched it when it first started, and the ratings are going down and down and down and down and down because this show is now feeling more and more like Rampage with the second hour, and nothing of consequence usually happens. Well, now we got a title change on last week's show, and that's something of consequence. So I could see helping the show and the perception of the show with this title change. Uh, the report goes goes on to state, prior to the title change, AEW had seemingly set up the next Young Bucks vs. FTR match as the Bucks won a number one contenders match at the WrestleDream pay-per-view. The original plan was for the match to take place either at Full Gear in Los Angeles or the tapings from Ontario, California the week before. Sharks and Bill said in a post-match promo that FTR will not get a rematch for the belts. However, Meltzer writes that a rematch will likely take place on either the October 28th or November 4th shows. So there we go. This was all done in a way to try and help boost more interest in Collision of, oh, wow, there was a title change on Collision last week. Oh, wow, these you know, these guys are champions. Let's switch over and watch it really quick right now. So I commend them for doing that in a way to want to help the show. And we'll see how that does help the perception of Collision going forward. And moving forward... Looks like Kota Ibushi is teasing that he has actually signed a contract with All Elite Wrestling. And this does come from FRW Online, Ian Carey. During an interview posted on X by HD Subs, Kota Ibushi revealed he signed with AEW at Blood and Guts on July 19th. He also said that there were certain conditions he required be met in order to agree to the deal, such as him continuing to live in Japan, and being able to work for other promotions. Uh, Ibushi stated, quote, I'm based in Japan, and I will travel for the matches. Basically, I'm in Japan. I work in Japan. I will be active. There are other things that make the contract even more flexible, like if I could work for another promotion. That kind of thing is normal, like I can compete in another match, we talked about all those kinds of deals, and I still got the okay. Ibushi continued to say that he requested AEW re 
reduce the amount of matches in the deal so that he would not have to travel to the United States as often. Stating, quote, Because if I go too many times, my activities in Japan will be limited. So reduce the number of matches a little bit more. When I said that, that is okay too. It's the best deal. Ibushi later wrote on X, stating, Even if it's not full-time, my life is dedicated to AEW. I don't play matches in Japan. I'm here to attend gym and school. That's why pro wrestling is all about AEW. He also stated, I would like to make a slight correction. My current contract is with AEW. I think AEW is the best in the world. That's why I want to seize the opportunity in America or AEW and make it even a great, an even greater organization. Well, there we go. Abushi has signed some sort of a deal with All Elite Wrestling. He's not full-time as far as we're not going to see him every single week. But basically what he is saying is, I have X amount of matches I will do for AEW and my schedule that I'm committed for. And I will fly back and forth from Japan when they need me. Well, that's cool. That's really cool to hear that they were so flexible with him. And I don't doubt that they were so flexible with him. That sounds like something Tony Khan would do, especially to get a talent like Kota Ibushi. And our final AEW news note we do have has to do with the international championship. And what's the original plan for this belt? What's going on with this title? And why is it back on Orange Cassidy? Now, we, it's now, now, first off, I have to say, it's no secret or no surprise why they put the title on Orange Cassidy. They had to get it off of Phoenix because it was never supposed to be on Phoenix. And Phoenix only got it because Moxley got hurt and Phoenix is hurt and this and that. And so we go forward. But it looks like the ultimate goal with this title was a full gear Mox to defend against Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy's got the belt back. Hopefully, Mox can get cleared by full gear. And we go from there. But Dave Meltzer does write the following in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Orange Cassidy beat Ray Phoenix to win the international title. Phoenix had been working with a bad back or hip or both. The hope was to have John Moxley win the title from Phoenix and defend it against Cassidy, likely on the pay-per-view. Unless plans change, the match will still be Cassidy versus Moxley, but with Cassidy as the champion. There we go. It's just a way to get back to the original plan. Putting the title on Orange Cassidy is the way to get back to the original plan of Moxley and Cassidy for the belt and most likely the full gear pay-per-view. So, cool. Awesome. There we go. And moving forward as far as WWE news does go. we talk about Jey Uso and him being, quote-unquote, traded to Monday Night Raw and, quote-unquote, somebody being traded to SmackDown in return. Now, we haven't seen who's going to get traded back over to SmackDown, but according to Fightful and PW Insider, that news is coming tonight on the blue brand. Fightful first wrote, quote, WWE has not forgotten about Jey Uso and the trade. Fightful was told that not only is Jey Uso's trade still on their mind, but there are active plans to tie up the storyline, possibly as early as tonight. It should be noted that anything can change as plans often do. But the trade will involve someone, at least on Uso's level. In addition, because Cody Rhodes and Jay are the tag team champions, they can still appear on SmackDown. Now here's where things get interesting and kinds of changes up my original thought process for Survivor Series. Mike Johnson over at PW Insider wrote the following. 
We have heard that Kevin Owens was expected to be at tonight's SmackDown tapings and will soon be announced as the one being, quote, traded to the SmackDown brand. So originally, I thought Survivor Series could be Judgment Day and JD McDonough against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, and Cody Rhodes. Well, if you're moving Kevin Owens to SmackDown, does that pull him from the Judgment Day stuff? Now, granted, he still could be involved in that match, but it would make a little less sense with him as a SmackDown guy. So we'll see how this all plays out. But according to Mike Johnson, over at PW Insider, he is stating that Kevin Owens looks to be the one to be traded to SmackDown in response of Jey Uso going over to Raw. That's big. But that's not the only big thing that could get announced tonight on Friday Night SmackDown. This also does come from Mike Johnson over at PW Insider as he wrote the following. Former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis will make his official WWE debut tonight. PWInsider.com has learned. Aldis will be portraying an authority figure for the SmackDown brand going forward, which means he's likely signed with a company. It is possible that this is the Triple H announcement tonight, but we have not confirmed that. Aldis had been working as a producer of late for WWE. There we go. It looks like we're getting GMs again. One GM of Raw, one GM of SmackDown. SmackDown GM Nick Aldis would assume the Raw GM is Adam Pearce. So, I like this. I like GMs. I like, if you want distinctive brands, you also have distinctive general managers running each show. You have different people in charge of each brand. And hopefully, Nick Aldis is not going to be some sort of a pushover like Adam Pierce has been to the bloodline. If Paul Heyman and the bloodline say, oh, we don't want to do that, or we want to do this, da 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 and Aldis is going to be like, no, I'm the boss here. I run SmackDown, not Roman Reigns. And this is going to Esports Gaming's comment here where he says, quote, Nick Aldis as GM, maybe. And Tony Khan is having a big old meltdown because WWE finally defeated the AEW monster. And I hope Triple H announces Kyrie Sane's WWE return. But Kyrie is free and clear to go to WWE. Her final match with Stardom was, I want to say, a week and a half ago, last week, something like that. But I doubt that's what Triple H is announcing. I'm pretty sure... Triple H is announcing Aldis as the GM tonight. But speaking of Triple H, Triple H will be on tonight's Friday Night SmackDown, and it is being stated that Triple H has been given more power within WWE. This does come from FRW Online, written by Joseph Courier. In the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer gave an update on the current state of the WWE creative process. Meltzer writes that Paul Triple H Levesque is the person making all of the key decisions in WWE creative right now. Vince McMahon is currently out of the process. But there's a term there, quote, at the moment, which was stressed to Meltzer. And it's possible McMahon's involvement could change in the future. Meltzer wrote, quote, regarding the creative process right now, Paul Levesque is the person in charge. He's the one making all the key decisions. Bruce Pritchard is his conduit between creative, talent relations, and talent services. Ed Kosky is the operations person who keeps the scripts flowing. At the moment, Vince McMahon is out of the creative process, but it was stressed to me that the term, quote, at the moment, McMahon is still the person in charge of the company with 
the most power. But Levesque is running creative, and Nick Khan is making all the business moves. So right now, Vince is just up there at the tippity-top perch, just watching over, looking what everybody is doing, but not making any decisions. As Triple H runs the creative side of things, Nick Khan runs the business side of things, but again, it's for at the moment. And whenever Vince feels like it, he can swoop right in and take back over. So for everyone saying, oh my God, Ari Emanuel stripped Vince of his power. I knew this was going to happen. Once TKO was made, Vince was going to be out. But that's not the case. It doesn't sound like the case because it sounds like it's maybe Endeavor telling Triple H, we want you running creative more. But at the same time, maybe it's Vince taking a slight step back going, Paul's got it. Paul's got it for right now. So at any time, Vince could take back control. Vince could jump in and go, let's make this change or let's make that change. But it is it is to be noted, people in Endeavor really, really like and respect Triple H as the person running creative. They love him as their Dana White, I guess you can say. That is something to be noted. So recently it was brought to light that WWE no longer wanted to work with, um, what are they called? My brain just went dumb. Cards, what are they called? Trading card company, Panini saying that they breached the contract. They no longer want a Panini uh, to distribute and create the WWE trading cards, and they wanted that to go to Fanatics. Well, according to WrestleNomics, they have a report that WWE recently filed an injunction against Panini to halt the sale of trading cards. The legal action is part of the company's ongoing effort to end its contract with Panini, potentially in preparation for licensing its rights to Fanatics. Initially, WWE sought a temporary restraining order to prevent Panini from promoting WWE merchandise, but this request was denied by a judge. In response, Panini countersued WWE to uphold their existing contract, though it is set to expire on December 31st, 2025. In WWE's recent filings, they present key arguments stating, quote, Panini had notified WWE in 2022 of a possible merger with Fanatics. which ultimately fell through in the spring of 2023. Following this, Panini suffered a substantial loss of key personnel and customers. With over 35 Panini employees, including those managing the WWE relationship, resigning in April of 2023. New Panini employees assigned to work with WWE had noticeably less experience. The WWE asserts, asserts that Panini failed to meet its, uh, meet its contractual obligations, citing delays in inventory management, purchase orders, and responses to routine WWE requests. To support these claims, WWE provided declarations and emails from its employees. In August, WWE found that Panini had not fulfilled its contractual obligations, as they had not produced prototypes, introduced new products for sale, or developed trading, a trading card game or digital trading cards. Also, WWE trading card game? Yes, please. Give me that. I've played WWE board games and whatnot in the past. Now give me a WWE trading card, like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh. In response to Panini's alleged contract breach, WWE maintains that it was well within its rights to terminate the contract on August 25th, which it did. 
WWE believes this termination should compel Panini to cease the sale of WWE products and either return or destroy their existing inventory, a step that Panini was not taken. WWE also rebuts Panini's attempts to shift blame by arguing that the contract did not obligate WWE to lodge complaints about Panini's performance. WWE argues that Panini conducted use of WWE intellectual property causes interruption and harm to WWE, citing established case law to support its claims. There's obviously a lot more to unpack with this situation, so keep tuned in for latest updates. There's a lot there. Basically, they were like, hey, periodically, we want you to show us new cards and new prototypes and new, you know, things you can sell throughout this line. And they weren't. Hey, we wanted this many going to store shelves. That wasn't happening. Then they had the debacle with people leaving and they're bringing new people in that didn't know what they were doing. I think WWE may be, if this is all true, in the right to terminate the contract. So we'll follow this story. It's kind of interesting. And we'll see exactly where it all leads to and where you can go to get WWE trading cards very, very soon. As far as our final news story does go, a little quick hit, I like to say. It has to do with some WWE superstars who are leaving the company this weekend, and they've told us exactly when they're going to be free. Pull up a tweet here. Pull this up on the, on the screen. Tweet does come from one James Drake, who states, quote, time waits for no one. Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern, United States, 5 p.m. British time, London, whatever you want to say. We know that James Drake and Zach Gibson's contracts with WWE are expiring this Saturday tomorrow. They tried to get their release from WWE once they were, you know, ingrained in the whole schism stuff and the dyad and NXT. They didn't like that. They wanted out. And WWE said, no, you sit and you wait. We'll still use you, but you wait for your contracts to expire. And with that, they have waited for their contracts to expire. They expire tomorrow. And I don't know if this is just saying noon Eastern time, our contracts are up, or noon Eastern time, we've got news. Because I don't think they would be able to talk to other promotions until noon Eastern time tomorrow as far as signing and setting something up. I've said for a while now, yeah, they would do well in AEW if that's where they want to go. Because word is they want to still be based in the United States. I think they would do tremendous in Impact. I think Impact is the place they should go. I feel like James Drake and Zach Gibson would be a phenomenal team for Impact Wrestling to pick up and add to their tag team division. So we'll see what happens. They said tomorrow at noon. So maybe we learn something new as far as what they're going to do tomorrow but with that guys that is going to wrap everything up i do want to say thank you for joining me here twitch.tv forward slash pw unlimited youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited and podcast services all around the globe like stitcher spotify google pod apple pod anchor iHeartRadio, and so much more remember we will be live following tonight's friday night smackdown and as far as smackdown does go a number of things have been announced for the show so let's talk about all of that right here right now real quick First off, Roman Reigns rumbles his way back to SmackDown. We haven't seen Roman Reigns on Friday Night SmackDown in quite a while. We haven't seen Roman Reigns, I want to say, since SummerSlam or the week right after SummerSlam, I think it was. So we do know that uh, John Cena is set for the show. 
Cena's probably going to do something with the bloodline. Last time we saw Cena was on Tuesday, and him and Solo were brawling to the back. Also, we do know that Triple H will make a special appearance on tonight's show. Many rumors swirling on what he could be announcing. Also, we do know that Pretty Deadly will be facing the Brawling Brutes in their first match back since Elton Prince's injury. And then not listed on WWE's website, but tweeted out last night by Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes said that him and Jay are coming to SmackDown and want to do a undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship Open Challenge. Jay would respond, Goddamn. Yeet. So it looks like that's what they're doing tonight. Again, WWE is not promoting the Tag Team Title Open Challenge, but Cody did last night. So with that, guys, we'll see you tonight after SmackDown. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Hopefully we do. And we'll say... Have a great day. See you next time, guys.